Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Table Talks with Burr. Today we're here with Scully. Woo! Say the jingle for us one time. Things will be all right. Listen to DJ Scully day and night. Woo! So, when you first became a DJ, that was like way, way, way back in the day. And I was probably You're trying to make me feel old. When you became a DJ, I wasn't really into that type of scene. So to me, you was like one of the OGs in the field. I categorize you with them. <laughs> but how okay. was it starting I'll out? That. How was it starting out? Um, I don't know. I didn't really know much DJs at that point. So I just was doing it because I thought it was cool. Um, I didn't really have much people to look up to other than like DJs I was hearing on the radio pretty much. <laughs> so from there, I just, I don't know, I just was messing around. I think I had, I think YouTube was around then. Yeah, I used to watch videos on YouTube and stuff. Then we used to download music illegally, obviously, at the time. Load up your computer and just, just play tune. So who you saw DJing? Like, who brought that to your attention, DJing? DJing? Mm -hmm. Honestly, if I tell you, I can't remember. But it just seemed cool to me. So I was like, I like music, DJing, playing music. It just went on and on. And how did that go to you? How did that go for you? It was solid. That was why wow, I had so much fun. DJing is the best job ever. So how was it during your time of being up and popping? Like, when did you get your first breakthrough? Like, oh my goodness, DJ Scully, DJ in this party, I have to be there. When was that? Um, Honestly, it happened without me knowing. Like, I was, I used to hear, like, after, like, maybe weeks or months or even years later when people would say, yeah, wait. I used to be happy when I used to see you on the lineup and, you know, things like that. So it always used to be like, you know, I didn't really know at the time. But I guess not in terms of a party. I was at Marina one time and this girl got dead excited to see me and she asked to take a picture of me. And I was like, who are you talking to, bro? Because I was dead confused because, like, you know, being popular wasn't nothing to me. I just was at Marina with my boys. Mm -hmm. And then for someone to actually notice me enough to say, let me take a picture with you or like, you know, converse. And it wasn't like nothing weird, you know. So, you know, that was cool. And what was the first... So where you used to DJ like before you started DJing at parties? Family events. Hmm. Church so, events. How you getting the parties? Weddings. Um... Honestly, it just like once I did throw a party. I think I was in grade eight or nine. I did throw a party at the tennis center. What? And yeah, we <laughs> I threw a party. It wasn't in like probably like ten people that come to one even can count. It was like ten people there, and I don't even think it was like fifteen people. But yeah, I threw a party. Um, my equipment ended up getting steel at night, I think, too. 
And then, like, I used to do birthday parties. I used to do my sister's birthday party and stuff like that. So that just, like, people used to hear me from then. And then when me and Dose link up, we started doing school stuff, like school events. And then somehow parties just end up starting to pop up as bookings. So, and then after that, when we moved to parties, we never really do no weddings and stuff after that. Mm. So we just was beating the parties there, but. <laughs> Before we get into the party scene, I really want to know how the tennis center, how the tennis center was. Because I used to hear about tennis center <laughs> parties. Just give me. I like, the tennis center parties used to be like bowling alley parties. Junior, like the junior version of the bowling alley was the tennis center. Wow. It was ghetto. It was low key. It wasn't too big either. I, I shouldn't say it was ghetto. It was like private school ghetto. So, you know, but it was cool. Ain't not much people know about it, but it was small. So it was like probably the most people that could have fit in there was mostly 200 people or something. And it was hot. Like, it had a balcony and an outside and all of that. But if you was inside, then they are hot. Sweat. But it was fun. Mm-hmm. But I danced on my first girl at one of them parties <laughs> in the tennis center. What? I became a man that day. But how your parents let me host party? How you get hosting party at, in eighth grade? You was probably, what, 12, 13? No, I, I, I was in hosting parties. In, in, actually, I think that was, no, I think that was grade nine. I was in grade eight. So, I mean, my parents, for the most part, did support most things I was trying to do in life. So, when I say I wanted to throw a party, and back then, throwing parties wasn't really that expensive. You know, a couple hundred dollars and you could have a party. So, I think we didn't make no money, but, you know, it was a party. My parents supported it. It wasn't nothing crazy. It wasn't like people was getting shooting jack up and having fights at parties back then, so. Huh? Why do you have, like, 15 people? Hold on now. 15 people, but them people had fun, though. <laughs> them people had fun, so I don't even think I was selling alcohol at this party. Was people just was there having fun. <laughs> yeah, but they're they having fun, though. That's good. Have you thrown any you other parties since then? I threw one since then. It was good. People had fun. I wanted it? to turn out to be a little bit more, but everyone who'd been there told me they had fun, so I was cool with that. What the name of the party was? Drip. Well, Drip Part 2. Oh, I remember that. It was a pool party. Awesome. Yeah, you know what my first party name was? What? Easter Leg Hunt. <laughs> what? It was a it was an Easter party during Easter break. <laughs> you you have a, you still talk to you know did you know the people who came to the party? Yeah, they was like my friends from school and stuff. I think I still friends with any of them at the moment. I can't remember, but yeah, but that was so long ago. I mean, I was just asking. <laughs> Moving on into when you started DJing at parties, how was that? It was fun. It was like 
you aren't really a celebrity, but sometimes you feel like a celebrity. And then like uh it's fun. You you get to go to parties all the time. You don't spend no money. You get paid to be here. If it's a party with alcohol, you don't pay for drinks. So it's like you really come in to get paid to party with these people and help them to have a good night. And then after you go home or you go for food or whatever. So how do you And then music that? like you get to listen to music all the time. So how do you feel now that you're no longer DJ? Like how do you feel at parties? You still feel like Um yeah, because I still, you know, I still, it's me, and I still live famous, you know. So, I still is being in the section with the guys, you know. I still a part of the community. I just, I don't necessarily DJ at the events. I do other stuff at the events now. How is the community? Um, For the most part, it's a friendly, loving community. Even though it has little little clicks or pockets of DJs, for the most part, they pretty cordial with each other and they work together. Is it welcoming? Is it small? It didn't used to be welcoming, but it is now. Um, it is kind of small, but it's like they have different pockets. So like, it's different age groups. It's different genre. DJs is different. Like some DJs is travel, some don't. Some DJs only DJ at weddings and stuff. Some DJs only play in clubs. So like not a lot of them will mix and mingle, but you will have a few that mix and mingle into the different communities because they do different types of events. And you said, but yeah, for the most part, they pretty welcoming. So why wasn't it welcoming at first? Would you say back in the day? Uh, the older DJs, I'd say, kind of just didn't show much love to the younger ones, I don't think. Like, I guess, unfortunately, in most things, the older guys don't really take the younger ones as serious. So as a younger DJ coming up, if you don't have money to buy your own equipment, you will have to work in a DJ group or whatever the case is or get put on to play places that for one have the equipment and or for two would give you the environment where you could practice. So if you don't have none of that, you can't really become a DJ without spending a couple hundred dollars to buy the equipment. So if you couldn't afford equipment, you know you couldn't get in and that's like gatekeeping. Mm. You know? I do know. Well I don't know but <sighs> I feel like there's a lot of communities and I don't DJ, so I wouldn't really know what's going on. <laughs> but earlier you said you're finding your music passion in a different way. Tell me about that. Because like, well, first of all, before I was a DJ, I was a musician. So I used to play the trumpet, drums, you know, stuff like that, piano. And then that transition, because I didn't really like going to the lessons, but I like playing the instrument. So eventually when I wasn't going to lessons anymore, that translated into me just falling in love with songs on the whole. 
So when you love songs and then you find out as a DJ, I can mess around with songs and manipulate songs and stuff. So that was an easy transition for me listening to music to me, playing music. And then from there, um, later down the line, being an engineer and a producer and creating music. So it was just always centered around music, you know, on the whole. So you said you're an engineer and producer now. Yes. How is the market for that? Um, if you're in the right space with the right people and you have the right marketing, it's very good. It's very lucrative. You can make a decent living from it. But you just have to work hard and you have to be around the right people. And how would you describe the music industry? Um, it's a work in progress. It ain't where it should be. But slowly but surely, I think it's getting there. You know? Diamond. And I also see that you're a manager. How did you get into that? Um, and who do you Well, manage? I was his engineer. I was Leon's engineer at first. You know, it was just basically him sending me songs. I mixed the song, sent it back. Him saying, yeah, you like it or no, you don't like it. But then as time went on, years of working with each other, we got to a point where I was always given like input on songs or, you know, helping basically put songs together from scratch. And then helping him with shows and, you know, music videos, stuff like that. So it just ended up transitioning from artist engineer to artist and manager and, you know, from there on. And what other artists have you worked with? Um, I work with Bohemian artists like Bohemian Trade, Twin Them, Xmas, um, Lex, Foots, Judah the Line, you know, the list goes on. Hmm. Um, I worked with a few international people as well. You know, I got a chance to work with Zoe Dollars, Rich the Kid, Vori, um, Stacy Barth, Shania Twain. So, you know, I've I've had I've had some years of doing some some pretty nice work. Your resume looks good. So how did you make a name for yeah. yourself transitioning from the DJ community to now the engineering community or producer community? Um, I made a name for myself by just always working, like always working on putting out content, putting out something, just letting people see that I was working, that I was always doing something that I was doing something new or something better or, you know, constantly putting it out there. And then working with people and being a good person, a lot of people I work with would always either refer me or just, you know, basically advertise me themselves. Mm -hmm. So as time goes on, your name kind of grows and picks up speed after you put in a certain amount of groundwork. Who was, you might have answered this question already, but like when working with people, 
when someone reaches out to you, who was the person you'd be like, wow, I made it? Or have you not? <laughs> <laughs> um, in a way, I wouldn't say I made it, like, because I'm still trying to grow, but certain stuff, like, um, Zoe Doll is reaching out to me or like people like Sami Star telling me like well telling someone that you know yeah but Scully can mix I like his sound or like other people saying the same thing so or people you never think you would work with like even like some of my DJ friends like when I was coming up I used to like look up to some of them so to be basically or not basically but to be on a similar level as them to where we like we cool we could talk to each other we could crack jokes you know talk on the phone whatever the case is together so that was you know stuff like that or someone now i know if someone quote unquote popular ever like walk past you and don't acknowledge you like they basically don't see you but like later on in life you all end up being cordial to the point where you all and you're like, hmm, you know, so that's how it was. Has everyone, has anyone ever said that to you? Because, you know, you're the popular one. So you're <laughs> ignoring people all day. I don't ignore people, but, <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, it has been some people that, you know, basically said that they looked up to me or like they appreciate working with me or when they got a chance to talk to me, that's when they felt a certain way so that you know that'll make you feel a little little special mm -hmm. you remember when people be like ratings ratings yeah what about it you remember when people used to use that term oh yeah yeah they give me ratings they <laughs> rate me <laughs> do you feel like you have ratings I think so. A little bit of ratings. I know, you know, five star rating yet on like, you know, no heavy hitter, but I think I I could say I have some stripes. You know, we used to say that too. So I got a little bit of stripes, you know? Couple people rate me, one or two. Don't worry, I rate you. Alright, solid. Bing. And my ratings mean a lot. Just ask. Yeah, you're more famous than me. <laughs> Barely, barely, barely. I can't believe I get in an interview. This is really my moment where I feel like I make it. <laughs> so now that we're on the topic, how does one become quote unquote famous or like known in the Bahamas per se? Um well it's kind of the same anywhere as it is in the Bahamas. But I'd say to become famous or known, you have to be good at something. You have to be really undeniably good at someone, something and you have to believe it and then just keep doing it to make the other people believe it because people have to talk about you. If you ain't no one talking about you, you won't exist. Really? So to become popular or famous or known or whatever you want to call it, that means more people know you. So the more people you could get to know you, to talk about you when you went in the room, that's how you become known or popular or whatever the case is. 
have you ever been in a situation where, well, you said that people put you in rooms that you haven't, you didn't even think they would do that? Yeah. Tell me when that shocked you. Um, some of the people I hear not call their name, but like, yeah, well, for one, Zoe, Zoe probably is one of those people, but there's been, I can't even remember. It was one or two other times. I know one or two people name I can't really call like that, but, you know, someone will tell me, you know, so-and-so is talking about you or so-and-so asks about you or, you know, stuff like that. So it's always a good feeling. When... It's one thing when you hear someone talking about you and they saying something bad, but when someone talking about you and they saying something good, it's like, oh, all right, cool. I mean, you could have tell me, but yeah. <laughs> Do you think you're approachable? You, know? you asking people to tell you things? Can you be approached? I yes, but it depends where and how you approach me, though. Tell us more. Someone might want to approach you. It's you just gotta approach me. You can, first of all, you can't be on no weird vibes or negative vibes, and you can't like. I I have anxiety, so we don't rush up on me and things like that, you know. But come to me genuine, or you know. Let's say it's twenty twenty five. Okay, circling back to the music industry. Let's say it's twenty twenty five. What do you see in the music industry in the Bahamas in that year? Um, that's two years from now. I see more growth, more collaboration. Our problem is most people ain't really collabing with each other. So it's hard to grow when you don't work together. Everyone just making their own songs, making their own albums. Don't talk to no one. Don't do no feature with no one. And from time to time, they do features, but I feel like it ain't much reaching out or putting people on or like, even when you're driving in your car, no one will, like, when is the last time someone play a Bahamian artist will be like, yo, listen to this song with his heart, right? No, but when Lil Baby drops up, listen to this Lil Baby song, right? <laughs> this freaking Lil Uzi Vert song been on the radio non-stop for the past two months. For real? I know that driving you. Yes. And I feel like he's saying the same thing over and over and over and over and over. It's a cool song. I like the song. Don't, I ain't hating on the song. But, you know. It need more rangy. Yeah. And more, I feel like us music should come first sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't feel like the majority of songs I hear on the radio should be foreign songs when we have so much talent here. If we didn't have a, a whole heap of people who was good and making music, putting out songs just about every day, then I'd say, okay, yeah, run the American doings all day. But like the amount of good Bahamian artists who's put out songs on a regular basis, our radio posts to be flooded with Bahamian songs. But how do you get on the radio? Do you know? I mean, for the most part, you got to send your music, your clean song to the program director. So like the clean version of the song, you know, without the curse and all. Certain words that people might find offensive, you got to take it out, send it to the program director. Um, You can have a little paragraph or a bio or whatever the case is. 
And if they like it, they'll put it in rotation. Another way is if you know a DJ on the radio, send it to the DJ. That's how I used to get a lot of radio players before I got songs in rotation was just, I know the DJs on the radio. I had an email list anytime certain people would drop new songs. I'd make sure I have a clean version or make sure they get the clean version. Send it out to all the DJs, email it. And if they like the song, they'll play it on the radio or play it in the mixes. So now that you speak about DJs and parties, well, you didn't speak about parties, but DJs don't play really bohemian music at parties either. What do you think about that? Yes. And no, like some DJs still do. But then a lot of times it, it depends on the season or the type of party because you would have some parties where whatever the type of genre it is or whatever the vibe is, you know, you can't really sneak Bohemian music into it unless it's Bohemian music in that type of genre. Like if it's a stoker party, you could sneak Bohemian music in dead easy. But if it's like a reggae type of you know, dancehall type of something. Ain't much dancehall behemoth songs that I've heard, I should say. Mm-hmm. It's probably some out there, you know. And then it also comes down to the relationship too. I feel like some artists don't try to make a relationship with some of the DJs and, and vice versa. I feel like some of the DJs don't connect with some of these artists or even see the potential in having a relationship with certain artists because... Don't just jump on the bandwagon after they blow up, you know, like mm-hmm. be there with them from the beginning. They didn't nothing to play their songs or to share their songs, put it in the mix, you know. So I know that you worked in the U.S. for a period of time or lived there as well. What are some pointers you see from artists there who, I want to say, blow or like, fast pace their their journey to success what are some things you see that they do that you should that you would suggest that bohemian artists here do work more work harder work more network more like in the states artists always in the studio you like all the time they're recording songs on songs on songs on songs and releasing songs on a regular basis but home and it goes back to, you know, for one, not having many quality studios home, but also the fact that you have people who um don't have the access to those resources or don't have the funds to afford to record three, four, five, six, ten, twenty songs. Mm-hmm. So their frequency of how often they release is slower than in the guys in the States and they don't go to the studio as often so they don't have as much time to practice and to really you know get better with their skills and then they don't have the to, the catalog to build up like yeah some people might blow up off of one song but the majority of people have to release singles and singles and even one or two mixtapes or albums or whatever the case is before they're noticed by a good enough number of people so like I say if you're doing music as a hobby you do music on the side because you can't really afford to, you know, put your all in the music at the time. You you kind of walking with a crutch or you 
you you set behind someone who could go to the studio two, three, four times a week versus you going to the studio once a month or twice a month, whatever the case is. And then the funding behind promotions and paying for ads and there's a lot of stuff for artists have to pay for that, that don't really, you know, be on the front of, hey, when you as an artist, that's how much money you got to spend to make this song blow up. And don't talk about nothing about how much you can spend on music videos and wardrobes and all of that stuff. So you can't afford to do all of that. It's really hard, you know. I agree. And you don't really think about it like, I'm not really into music, so I wouldn't really know. But when I see Bohemian artists like dropping music videos and stuff like that, sometimes I wonder like, how much did they pay for this? Like, how much work? I think. Well, my opinion is I don't think I appreciate it as much. Seeing the work that they put in, but some mm. I mean recently, from talking to people and you, I've been trying to be more like appreciative. Uh, well, being attentional about listening to like Bohemian artists and like if they drop a video, I try to watch, and some of them being like really oppressive. So let's talk about yeah, the that's what I, that people don't talk that's about. That's what I'm saying. We have the talent. We have the, you know, we have the drive. We have the quality. We have the content. But what goes into it? Like a music video could cost couple hundred dollars to a couple thousand dollars depending on what you want to do and that's the video alone video and editing that ain't even if you have to get licenses to shoot in different locations if you have to buy a wardrobe if you have to you know rent a car get a plane ticket rent an airbnb all these different things pay for extras buy food for extras, pay for gas to drive up and down, pay for alcohol for extras, or yourself, whatever the case is, all these different, a bunch of different fees, like props, you know, all type of things you could spend money on before the video, half of them, before the video even get made, you had to spend this money. Then you got to wait for someone to edit it. Then they got to send it back to you. Now you got to think about your release plan, your rollout, how you can promote this, how, what platforms you can put it on, and this and that. And that's before you even start making money off the song yet. Like you ain't even make a couple pennies off the song and you investing a couple thousand dollars back into it after you just invest a couple hundred dollars getting the song made in the first place. So how would you encourage Bohemian artists who doing all this work but not getting like the recognition they deserve? I'd say just keep working, just keep going. Some people's songs blow up two, three, four years after they release. So you just gotta keep going. Like Lizzo's song blew up, I think, two years after it released. Lil Nas X, like two, three years. Fetty Wap, Trap Queen, it's like three years, two or three years old before it really blew up. So you just got to keep working. You got to have a catalog. The worst thing ever is to blow up off of one song. Now you're trying to rush the follow-up. You mm -hmm. don't got it. But if you blow up off a song and you already have catalog, it's like they can listen to that song and be like, oh, that's hard. Let me see what else he got. Mm -hmm. They could find at least one, two other bangers that they like. So now you get a fan because they can listen to three, four songs, you know? 
then you can continue to grow instead of just blowing off a of one song. And after you blow off that one song, your next step is so important. Like it's a hit or miss. If you miss, then you'll forever be a one in one now. That's how I feel about Lola Brooks. Like the way she carrying that song. At first, I didn't even know the song was with Who's someone Lola else. Brooks. Don't play with it. Oh, don't play with it. Don't play with it. Don't play with it. I didn't even know the song was with someone else until I listened to it. Mm. But the way she carrying that song, and it's only but like sometimes. Hot. Sometimes you have to. Sometimes you have to care. Well, I shouldn't say you have to, but that's like that's a path. Like it's different paths you could take after a release of one song. You could either ride that song till the wheels fall off, or you could ride it a little bit, then switch to something else, or you could say drop that, see what else I got. So she just chose to ride it. I don't know how long she can ride it, but I hope that she has something else in the pipeline because when that died on, then that'll be it. But her riding it. The bigger that one song get, the more she could charge. So it don't matter. She could write one song and get paid $4,000, $10,000 to perform off of one song, 10 minutes. So, you know, write it. I do know. Well, I mean, I don't, but I feel, you know, there's money in the game. I yeah, might I know. have a little I'm going to rap a title, you know? Yeah. Give him a little speech. You're joking, man. <laughs> So would you go into managing like full time? Not full time, but like would you manage more people? Um, I don't know. It depends. Developed artists, maybe. Probably two the most, but because I don't want to necessarily the more you manage, the less attention you could give each. So I wouldn't necessarily say even do two, because you can't really give two people your undivided attention at the same time. So one can always be getting less or it can be times where you focusing on one more than another. So I, that's not really a good business decision, I don't think. But I'd manage other things. Like I'd manage a business or, you know, different stuff like that. But only one person. Mm. And to wrap this up, you've been dropping gems. Who, what are your top five Bohemian songs right now? Well, Bohemian artists, ah. Oh, okay. Top five Bahamian artists. No, songs and artists. Oh, man. Okay, well, it have to be a recent song. No, because some of the songs. All right, so in no particular order, you got On My Mind by Leon, of course, Penthouse. Twin them, um, post up Banks of Valley, um, Bahamian Tree. I go on in the dance and what I see, ah, big gallon a big bongi. Um, how much of this four? And man, there's so much more. I can I can't just gal by Lex. Um, real you, twin them and Lex. I could go on forever, really. But yeah, that's just a few I could think of off the top of my head. Um, of course, some other Bahamian classics, Rick and Scrape, stuff like that. 
You have to get them. They just get the party going. And you know, so. Do you see a but yeah, there was some a difference? Sorry to cut you off, but do you see like a non-traditional Bahamian artist performing at Regatta, or have they before? I don't know. They just gatekeep stuff like that, so <laughs> that's a that's a a bit of a stress. I would like to see it, but they just act like all they want is Regan scrape, and that's fine because that's. But then that's a part of the festival. That's like non-Afrobeats at an Afrobeats festival. Like you might could get the small stage, but they'll be like, we ain't really come here for this. <laughs> Pick up one song, baby. <laughs> Pick up one goatskin drum king. We ain't come here for all of this raga raga, bro. <laughs> you know? Because so I haven't heard the regatta, but I don't think from the videos I've seen, I've never seen like other than Reagan Street, a Bohemian artist performing. That's true though. I th- well, I like I like you say from videos. That's, I never been to Regatta, but I mean, I think I seen videos of like some dancehall, but mm-hmm. I don't remember really seeing, especially not the rapping Bohemian music. So maybe one or two dancehall Bohemian type of music. Do you think the older generation would accept those rappers and R&B artists as Bohemian music? Well, not uh, at the moment, like everybody. At the moment, I don't think many of them are accepting it as Bohemian music. And that's probably the reason it's having trouble growing. But I think they should because Bohemian music should be anything created by a Bohemian artist. Now some stuff is a stretch, but it's a it's a subgenre. Then, like I should say, it's not like rake and scrape isn't Bohemian music. Rake and scrape is a genre of Bohemian music. Just like you have Bohemian trap, you have there's even Bohemian heavy metal and stuff, Bohemian jazz. So, you know, it's just people have to accept that it's multiple genres of one genre. Because there's some rap Bahamian songs that have rake and scrape and goat skin drums and these stuff in it, and some that don't, but that don't make it any less Bahamian, especially you still got someone saying bite and gal in the song. And how is it not Bahamian? Mm-hmm. Tell them, tell them, DJ Scully, tell them. <laughs> Where did you get that name from? Um, It's so long ago. I can't even remember fully, but so this, I was trying to choose between a few names. Like, I can't remember, like DJ Spin, DJ something else. I just was trying to think of what name. It, like, I was rocking my brain for weeks trying to find a name. You think DJ and Hard try to think about a good name as a DJ? Name is Mega. So, exactly. So I didn't know what to use. And then I would want something that I could talk to people and say, yeah. My name is DJ whatever, or my peoples could say it, or, you know, I don't want some stupid weird name. So I was in, you know, sure. And then I just go on to this guy, this DJ I met at my mommy, them um, work picnic. It was like a beach party and he was DJing there. So that's, I like one or two parties I went to before I started DJing, like seeing someone DJing. I was like, but it's cool, but. So seeing him, I ended up networking with him. 
and he used to sing. So I was like, wait, I just want to be a DJ. I want some drops. You think you could do stuff with, for me? Because he had a, like a cool voice. He could sing. He could make different um, voices. So I wanted some drops. I asked him for it. I sent him a couple of different names I was trying to choose from. And he sent me back to DJ Scully. And I was like, oh, this must be my name then. <laughs> you know? Mm. I know I said this. I was going to wrap this up. But you never said your artist is because I cut you off. So let's hear it. The artist I work with? No, the top five. Artists. Oh, top five. Twin them. That count as one. They don't count as two. <laughs> Lex, Leon, Bohemian Tree. Um... D Mark. That man is a hard worker. Um, who else? Who else? It's others. I don't I feel like I can't call too much names because then I don't want some people to feel left out. But um, yeah. Well, that's all men. So right, girls, Dia. Um, who else is girls? Man, it's a few of them. I can't remember their name. This one. But yeah. Yes, yeah, but it's a whole bunch of girl rappers. You Why know, they just... What? Why they have to be rappers? What happened to... I mean, it's some singers too. I just... I, I... Carlette, Devonia, singer, great singer. Who else? Um, Girl singers? I just can't think of them off the top of my head. That's okay. But we have a lot of... We have a lot of good female artists, male artists in the Bahamas. It's hard to name a top five when there's so many great good one. ones. Wendy. Wendy is a Bodine. All these different people, you know? Um geez. Patrice. That's one of my favorite Bahamian soga artists, Patrice. Um who else? Geez, it's a million. But yeah. It's a whole handful. I love the passion. You should be the music industry spokesperson. They don't want to spend no money. They need to hire me for real. Because you have a plan. Yeah, I could set for this plan and, and, and put us on the map and music. You know, they need to make me the minister of musical affairs. <laughs> so you're going to run for... You're gonna run the next election. We should see. We should look up. No, not the not the next one. Maybe the next. When the next one is twenty twenty seventy or twenty twenty five. I think it's twenty five or twenty twenty five. Yeah, twenty five. Let's say I'll run. Twenty. Twenty thirty something. <laughs> Let me get a little season. I got that gotta be like 10, 15 years. I ain't trying to run in my I can say it what age, but yeah. <laughs> but you got right politics, you gotta put in some serious groundwork before you could become a politician and like Donald Trump type of, you know. So you gotta put in five, ten years worth of work for people to know you. It's definitely before they can even say, let me vote for you enough to make enough votes to win. You got to have hundreds of thousands of people saying, yeah, but he, I rock in with him. Skull. That's my MP. <laughs> but why you can't just start small, you know? 
just be an advisor for right now. You don't have to be the minister. You can be the advisor. Or like, I can be an advisor. I can do that. Would you do it pro bono? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would, though. I would. Not for long, but yeah. Just to get but after a while, yeah. Just a little sum sum, then they have to cut that check. <laughs> Normal check. They have to. But anyway, I thank you for coming on. You're welcome. And I hope that you get more active as a spokesperson for the music industry. I will. I am. Many things in the works. Coming soon. Bing. Peace out. Deuces. <laughs>